Welcome to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne. I think that the pandemic has led to an increased risk of overdose and death from opioids, unfortunately. Uh, now, I do think that what we're seeing in terms of that elevation is due to more synthetic opioids like fentanyl, like carfentanil, than prescription opioids because uh, many healthcare providers have really curtailed the prescription of opioids for chronic pain. A voyage of discovery in an uncommon age of unparalleled scientific, economic, political, and social upheaval, Life on Planet Earth searches for the unvarnished truth, answers, solutions, and above all, hope for our existential crisis. My guest coming up is a distinguished pain management expert, Dr. Paul Christo of John Hopkins University School of Medicine and host of Sirius XM radio talk show, Aches and Gains. You just heard him share disturbing information on the opioid epidemic raging in America during the COVID-19 shutdowns. And he has lots more to tell us. Opioid overdoses are on the rise in America during the COVID-19 pandemic. My guest, Dr. Paul Christo, says the number of fatalities related to opioids could be nearly 30% higher than reported. About 130 Americans on average every day die from an opioid overdose, according to one study. And the pandemic may be making this human tragedy a lot worse. One reason, say experts, is social isolation and the stress triggered by the pandemic. Dr. Christo is a pain management expert and also author of the book, Aches and Gains. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Well, it's grand to be back. My guest, Dr. Paul Christo, has done a lot of valuable research on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the opioid addiction crisis in America. It makes you ask the question again, is the cure for keeping the world safe and healthy worse than the cause? Do we need to honestly Reevaluate some aspects of it while maintaining common sense protocols and social distancing. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. I asked Dr. Crystal what exactly is driving what seems to be a surge in opioid fatalities in the US as the nation grapples with shutdowns and protocols as well as the dreadful coronavirus. 
Well, we've seen an increase in those people who have an opioid addiction in terms of overdoses, unfortunately, in several states and things, states like Ohio and Texas and Florida, Pennsylvania. Uh, so we've seen that those uh, people who have relied on what are called medication-assisted treatments, those are medications like methadone and suboxone, for example, um, haven't had access to them. And unfortunately, you know, they've relapsed. That is, they've gone back to using perhaps something like heroin. And that's a tragedy, and some of those patients have died. So I think what we're learning uh, is certainly that during this particular pandemic, we need to make sure that patients have access to drugs reversal agents like naloxone, for example. Um, Health departments can administer it. Law enforcement can provide it. So we need greater access to that for those who have the disease of addiction. So there's less of a chance that they'll relapse and die. Now, when you mention heroin, dealers come to mind. Where are the distributors in this picture? Well, what we've seen there is we've seen a decrease in supply because it sounds like some of this supply has, uh, due to the pandemic, certainly been um, truncated. And therefore, we haven't... So drugs like heroin have not been as accessible in the United States. Now, what that's meant, though, is that it's increased the cost of heroin for those that they use it. And I, what we're expecting to see now that things are opening up is that the cost will de- decrease or plummet. And unfortunately, that may lead to more people abusing, using heroin or even overdosing from it. The number of fatalities from opioid-related overdoses could be nearly 30% higher than reported due to missing information or incomplete death records. The worst fear is that because of social isolation and people are not being found or treated immediately, it's a pretty scary scenario. It is. And, you know, these are for primarily those that have the disease of addiction, right, to opioids, and they're uh, their lives have been stable. You know, they're going to 12-step programs. They see a therapist. Um, they... Uh, are on medication-assisted treatments like Suboxone, and the pandemic has disrupted all of that. You know, and unfortunately, and when you're look when you're talking about patients who have, you know, substance use disorder, they need a routine and something that's very regular that allows them to stay on track. And this is move them off track, and and a fair number of those unfortunately have relapsed, overdose, and some have died. The opioid epidemic today has progressed in three phases according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The first involves deaths caused by prescription opioids, the second an increase in heroin use, and third a surge in the use of synthetic opioids or fentanyl. That's essentially how it's laid out. Very true. Well, what happened initially is this. There are 100 million people in this country which is a huge number, a third of the population, suffer from chronic pain. And most of that still is not that well controlled. Over the last several years, I mean, probably starting from the 1990s, you know, opioids for non-cancer pain were being used more and more by not only pain practitioners, pain specialists, but by primary care doctors. And unfortunately, I think in good faith, a lot of the frontline healthcare providers turned to opioids first as a first line medication to help treat pain when in fact they should be used after other treatments fail. So over time we saw an increase in use of prescription opioids for the control of pain 
And uh, unfortunately, you know, some of those patients misuse them, abuse them, and overdosed. Over time, though, as the CDC mentions, that that's shifted because over the last, gosh, at least five years or so, we've seen a significant reduction in the use of prescription opioids for chronic pain. Unfortunately, we've seen an increase then of heroin, people using heroin um, to abuse, not necessarily for pain control, but, but to abuse. And then, as you mentioned, to synthetic opioids like fentanyl and carfentanil, which are extremely potent and have a very, and it's very easy when using those to overdose and die. The pharmaceutical industry in America has been in the crosshair of critics and has had lawsuits filed against it for its role in this opioid scourge. How do you see that? Well, they did have a role, I think, initially. That is that those who manufactured opioids, um, I think, promoted opioids as a means of pain control to pain specialists, to primary care doctors. And, you know, frankly, uh, they can be quite useful for treating pain. But I think what happened was, and the feeling was that the pharmaceutical industry focused on the benefits and the positives of opioids and neglected to share the data with respect to the adverse effects, namely abuse, misuse, addiction, and death. And so I think that there is a role that they had, you know, in terms of the opioid epidemic, and that's why there have been a lot of lawsuits against them. According to a recent study, there were over 600,000 drug overdoses between 1999 and 2016. In terms of opioid addiction, numbers I've seen is 130 deaths per day. If your forecast is corrected at 30% increase, we could be up to as many as 170 deaths today by opioid overdoses. Yes, and uh, that's true. I think that the pandemic has led to an increased risk of overdose and death from opioids, unfortunately. Uh, Now, I do think that what we're seeing in terms of that elevation is due to more synthetic opioids like fentanyl, like carfentanil, than prescription opioids, because uh, many healthcare providers have really curtailed the prescription of opioids for chronic pain. Uh, Doctor, let's just talk a little bit about yourself. You're director of the Multidisciplinary Pain Fellowship Program at John Hopkins Hospital. You're the author of Aches and Gains. That's a comprehensive guide to overcoming your pain. And you also are an award-winning, nationally syndicated radio show host. Yeah, thank you. I have been, um, I'm an academic medicine, uh, I'm an academic pain doctor. I teach doctor trainees. Uh, I uh, treat patients and do a lot of injections and implantation therapies, recommend medications. You know, you mentioned the radio talk show, Aches and Gains. I did start that in 2011 because I felt like those who suffer from pain needed a voice in the media. Um, And they didn't have it in 2011. And honestly, even today, I think that they don't really fully have it. We've heard more about pain, unfortunately, because of the opioid epidemic. But I I still feel like it's important to highlight the fact that, gosh, this, this is a major problem. That is chronic pain in the United States, one out of every three suffers from chronic pain, but we have something to do about it. And my my show uh, highlights those who've overcome their pain and it allows the audience to hear how they've done that. You know, how have they gotten through it? 
and I have contributing experts that also provide um, useful information on cutting-edge treatments for pain. We'll be back right after the break, and you'll hear Dr. Christo reveal the amazing details on how he utterly transformed the quality of life for one patient who was suffering terrible pain, and he'll open up about his plans for a reality TV show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. Before we get back to our interview with pain management expert, Dr. Paul Christo, I'm going to play a wee clip from a recent episode with the artist Ruth Poniarski, who recovered from mental illness and recently published her memoir, Journey of the Soul, Memoir of an Artist. It ties in with what Dr. Christo is saying about drug abuse. Ruth here is recalling her horrific experiences with the toxic substance known as angel dust and her dabbling in marijuana. It carries a warning. There is a warning, and there's also a warning. I had, before that angel dust, okay, I had a predisposition to my reaction, my severe reaction of that drug. In my sophomore year, about a year before, actually a year and a half before this happened, in my sophomore year of college in the fall, I had marijuana, and I smoked it heavily at one point where I blacked out. And then after I blacked out... I'm not going to do any drugs, marijuana, wine, nothing. I went cold turkey. However, the marijuana and and the many innocent people, and this is a warning, it made me paranoid, it made me lose ambition in my work, it made me less focused, I couldn't concentrate, my mind raced. So all before that ingestion of angel dust, that was going on. So the angel dust just tipped it all off, and that was it. Accelerated then I experienced things. a wild imagination of psychosis and meltdowns. Ruth Poniarski's memoir is published by Warren Publishing. Now let's get back to my interview with Dr. Paul Christo. Tell us, how did your career come about? How did you get into pain management? Well, I I feel like uh, in training, so I think it was probably during my internship year, I felt uh, I was in a clinic and I saw a lot of patients who had multiple different problems, but pain was a predominant one. And I realized that my fellow, sort of my attending doctors, so those that were ahead of me, 
and teaching me didn't really have a lot of useful guidance on how to help patients with chronic pain. And then when I did my residency training in anesthesiology, uh, I rotated through a pain clinic that we had and just really became interested in the myriad of techniques that are available, medications, injections, integrative therapies that can help ease pain and suffering. And I felt like, gosh, you know, I want to do this. I want to have that skill set to give to other people who are suffering. Yeah, it's, I would say, combined probably three elements would be traditional treatments like certain medication therapies, injection therapies, um, and then nerve blocks, uh, implantations even. You know, there are actually devices that we implant to help treat chronic pain. Integrative therapies are helpful too. Things like acupuncture, uh, ear acupressure, Reiki, a whole host of them, physical therapy. Um, and then exciting new treatments that are on the horizon as well. So I try to incorporate all three of those. Now, you're working on a reality pilot about chronic pain. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When do you think it might air? Well, I am going to work on a reality show on overcoming pain. I think it's critical to have a show that highlights those who have succeeded and have gotten through pain and suffering so that it gives hope to the many, many others who suffer from pain and don't have access to treatments. Um, really, it sort of dovetails on what I've done on SiriusXM in terms of my radio show, Aches and Gains. Uh, it'll highlight guests who have pain. It'll highlight other experts as well. You know, uh, it might be addiction experts. It might be neurosurgeons, spine surgeons, physical therapists. And we come together as a team to make suggestions to help each and every person live life to its fullest uh, without pain. Uh, Dr. Crystal, any particular cases that stand out that you have worked on that you can mention? Sure. I mean, you know, I've had... um, I've had some one patient in particular that I've treated for several years who um, unfortunately had uh, surgery on her ankle, and that surgery unfortunately led to a chronic pain condition called complex regional pain syndrome, and this can be extremely debilitating. It causes a lot of skin sensitivity to uh, the, in her case, the ankle. Um, the ankle would turn purple at times, very, very cold, started swelling up about five times its size. She couldn't walk and, in fact, lost the ability to walk because it was so painful and swollen. Um, had undergone multiple treatments to try to reduce this, the pain that she had, even considered amputating her ankle. And, really, you know, she, she was about ready to do that. And I saw her and I said, look, don't do it. Don't amputate your, you know, don't amputate the ankle uh, because... You know, the feeling would be, well, if I can amputate the ankle, if I can get rid of that area of pain, then I'll be pain-free. But what what we learned in time is that even though the pain may be in the ankle, the changes occur not only in the ankle, you know, the nerves, the tissues of the ankle, but the spinal cord and the brain. So even if you remove the ankle, you're still going to have pain. What we came up with, though, was to use a device called a spinal cord stimulator, which uses tiny doses of electricity to the spinal cord to reduce pain. And that's really made a big difference in her life. I mean, she can't walk like she did before, but I'll tell you, she doesn't walk on crutches anymore. She sometimes uses cane and it's made a huge difference in her life. Wow, that sounds like a near miracle. I'm amazed. Uh, What's also fascinating is the differences from one doctor to the next. If somebody is unfortunate enough to get the wrong advice, 
their whole quality of life could deteriorate. But if they get to somebody like you in this instance, they have a much better quality of life. So you got to be a very busy doctor. <laughs> well, you know, you highlight a great point, And that is, I think it's if you have a chronic pain condition, try to seek the guidance from a pain specialist. It's, I mean, there aren't a huge number of pain specialists in the United States. I mean, typically, patients will go to primary care doctors first. But I think that my advice would be go to the, you know, if you see your primary care doctor, uh, you, you know, have the primary care doctor try to refer you to a pain specialist who has the expertise to guide you in ways that'll have the best outcome. Any sort of quick parting wisdom for people dealing with the COVID-19 shutdowns, the social isolation, how to get through it as a doctor? It's a difficult period, but we're, we're going to come out of it, obviously. Well, I, you know, I think from the chronic pain perspective, what we've seen during this pandemic is that a lot of, of people who suffer from chronic pain have seen an increase in their pain and an escalation of their pain because they haven't had access to the same treatments that they typically have access to, and they've been isolated. Um, I think specifically what we've seen is those who rely on procedures or injection therapies to help control their pain haven't had access to those because most pain clinics have been closed. We're seeing more and more pain clinics reopen and patients now have access to them. But that's been a real burden, you know, for, for those that use and those particular injection therapies. I would say don't give up, have faith, have hope that things will get better. Maintain connections to your friends, to family members, to support groups if you need to. You can do that via telehealth. You can do it remotely and, uh, and don't give up. You've been listening to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne. To reach the host or learn about advertising or sponsorship opportunities, call 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com. That's 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com. 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com.